If you had to fight with a celebrity, who would you fight? Tory Lanez. Uh, Lil Wayne. Piers Morgan. <laughs> what is happening? Man, I was very excited to do this podcast. That answer just went in so many different directions. <laughs> no, let's not get into that. But well, let's get into it. <laughs> do you guys know why I said that? No. Why? Because he just, he literally just walked out of an interview recently on his own show because he has, you know who Piers Morgan is, by the way? Mm-mm. I've heard his name. The British dude. Look him up. You'll know who he is mm-hmm. right away. He's basically like uh, a conservative um, talking head. And he says like really ridiculous things. But basically, uh, he was, he had been firing on Meghan Markle for a while and mm-hmm. Then somebody came on the show, on his show, and was like, listen, you don't, you know, give her a fair chance at anything. Like, you just hate this person. And basically calling him out for certain things. And then he Uh. walked out. And he was like, I can't, I can't do this. And then I think he's, you know, I think the show's done or he's off of it or whatever the (laughs) case might be. But um, I've seen a lot of... in a scrap, he would just walk away? Oh, did you mean like a beat, like a fight? Not like a physical fight, but like, like yeah, you, like ha- a- if you could hash beef out with somebody, and I mean, like, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, mm, Tori Lane's really, gonna this, shoot your foot. This celebrity I really don't like is what I mean. Like, this is celebrity I got beef with. Oh, yeah, I think settle beef. Well, just like I think. Well, the reason just what celebrity you don't like, basically. Yeah, the reason I said my answer was because I hey. feel like on a. It's so easy to get on Piers' nerves, and he's so wrong about so many things. I've seen him. But you chose Tory Lanez because he shot your girl... In the foot. In the foot. No. He shot Meg Stally in the foot. That's why you have beef? No. Why aren't you asking short? why I have beef? Because he's short? No. <laughs> you coming for beef? short kings? Yeah, the problem the I have is not like, okay, whatever happened in the moment and whatever... I don't like the outcome afterwards. I don't like the stress on Megan afterwards. I don't like how she's to keep. Okay, so it's literally about Megan. It is about Megan, <laughs> but I. But I, okay, this is more of a secondhand annoyance too, because it's like there's Tory that's annoying, right? Because he did this, but then there's the people who support Tory, and those people I really have a problem with, because they're the ones that are like, oh, like yeah, sure they found bullet fragments and sure they were in the same place and sure it's been confirmed but like he didn't shoot her i think that that is how a lot of situations play out with a male and female Mm -hmm. where it's a lot of victim blaming because this woman must be you know x y and z Mm -hmm. well we should you know, the, you could say a million things, but I think right. that... Oh, what did she do to make it happen? And da 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 And so, like, the conversations that I've had with dudes who, like, so strongly... Like, I just feel like it goes to an illogical place where I'll be like, in this live, this happened. In this live, this happened. This is what happened. I'm just like, life. why? Like, why do people care so much? <laughs> if you're asking why I care, it's because more so than I have with Tori the beef, the situation yeah. that happened. It's the fact that people will go out of their way to bring down like this woman just because like they, they're so supporting that's, Tori so that's just social to commentary it. right yeah. that's some sort of, you could take a situation and make mm-hmm. an example out of it out of how people react mm-hmm. of it but for for these guys who are like no yo like Tori like <laughs> call, like is he your friend is that your boy that you're defending him so hard what's gonna happen 
Mm-hmm. You're gonna be all right. Well, he's yeah. gonna. Yeah, I don't know. What no. was what was yours, uh, Shamir? I didn't know that this was the question. So my answer You're was so bad. Like. <laughs> yeah. You have no respect. Right. No, I love you? Lil Wayne. I love Lil Wayne. No, but you th- clearly th- don't. You could have yeah. picked like anybody. You could have picked she Lil said, Pump. She picked a short rapper. You know how many littles so there are? Thinking. You know how many that's littles there are? Hold on. Why was that the thought process? Yeah. <laughs> that was what it was in my head. She was like, oh, Tory Lanez. But how, okay, we have a friend named Ahmad who took a picture with Tory Lanez. This is, by the way, before the whole incident. So just put a disclaimer out there. Because I asked Ahmad, I was like, were you scared when you met him? He's like, oh, that was before. So I was like, okay. But I, dude. I commented on that picture that Ahmad took. And I was like, is that Dower? <laughs> but Dang. yo, he looked like a little kid next to Ahmad. Like Ahmad was like scrun- scrunching down a little bit. Now, I don't know how tall Lil Wayne is, but I heard he's not Shami, that. why are you trying to fight I think Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne is What's the beef? Five, six. There's no beef. That's why I, five, five, I right. didn't read this question properly when it was read to Lil me. Lil Wayne is now, five, five. Now, come up with the answer on spot. If you had to choose why you don't like Lil Wayne right now. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Lil here, Uzi Vert is five, four. Go punch him in the face. Yeah, Lil Uzi Vert, go true. punch him in his uh, diamond uh, forehead I, thing. I think he's the diamond's uh, iconic. He's honestly more punchable. <laughs> he is more punchable, but I think For the diamond's sure. iconic. Um, but I don't like that the city girl is talking to him. Little Wayne, <laughs> we must protect Lil Wayne at all costs. Yeah, he but is. he did come out and like openly support Trump so that he could get pardoned. That's, that's not why selfish. I would fight him. That, that's not so why I would did, fight him. So did well, Kanye like uh, has supported him for other reasons and. Right. People still like Kanye. Lil Wayne was just trying to get out of a situation. He was just trying to help himself. Right. <laughs> All right. I've seen, right. I've seen Lil Wayne start a whole skateboard company, and this man barely knows how to skateboard. That's my only thing. It's like, come on, bro. At least, he, tr- at least he, tr- he tries it, and he still does it. I mean, he respects the culture. Also, also who is looking to Lil Wayne for any sort of political opinion? <laughs> Both of you need to sit. Do not touch I'm Lil not Wayne. about the political pin- opinion. Yo, I accidentally yeah, said I, it, and I said I'm sorry, and now you're forcing me to make an answer. So I'm yeah, this we, is are a him. we are forcing him. No, no, I'm him. asking you to apo- apologize. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Lil Wayne. I do no. not want to fight you <laughs> because he's untouchable. Not, because he's untouchable. That's well, why. he's not untouchable. I mean, Birdman really touched him. A lot. I don't know why, but Future <laughs> keeps oh my God. <laughs> Future keeps coming back to mind too, though, just because he keeps knocking up these women. But like, that's another story. <laughs> okay side note real quick before we do the intro on that future note we had said in a previous episode how does steve harvey react to uh future as Lori harvey his daughter's mm-hmm. boyfriend or whatever i saw a full um interview with him on jimmy kimmel i meant to send it send it to you amber but it was so funny because uh, Jimmy was asking Steve Harvey of how he feels about Michael B. Jordan. He was like, oh, no. he's a wonderful guy, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he was like, yeah, like your daughter, you know, uh, she brings, you know, guys. To, I, I'm, you know, not saying the quote, right? Paraphrasing. Uh, but basically he was saying like, you know, there's other women that you've kind of have to, other men that you've had to deal with from your daughter dating. And then he was like, uh, he said, he, he said something is like, not all of them that I like or something, or he was saying something mm-hmm. with the lines of like, yeah, that was, we don't talk about that one. And it was mm. super shady. Dang. Like he threw mad shade and everyone in the comments was like, he's talking about future. He's talking about future. So it was Bruh. like so funny. Imagine <laughs> your daughter dating future, knowing that future's like, I feel like future just breeds on a woman and she gets pregnant. 
Like, if if my if my daughter dated future, I will call her the past because I'm no longer dealing with her. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Wow. Thank you guys for tuning into an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. My name is Future. I mean for us. My name is Amber. And this is the strangest and greatest podcast in the game. This is brought to you by Olive Theory. If you'd like to email us or send us your music, strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. And if you listen to this podcast, we're listenable everywhere. You can also see our beautiful faces on YouTube. So be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Hopefully we get that AdSense soon. So thank you guys for subscribing. And yeah, we're also on all social media, including now TikTok, at Strange Flavors. And if you'd like to support this podcast, such as our Strange Flavors Town, uh, that includes Bobber's Bagels, Cassie's Cupcakes, Irha's Icy's, Freya's Falafels, and Uslam's Apples. There is a link down below. Strange and Flavors Town. Strange Flavors Town. Wait, wait that's oh, the tune? Jingle. What was the tune from last Just time? wiped out Strange Flavors Town. Except we can't say wiped out. Just. Strolled through Strange just, Flavors Town. Just tr- try okay. each flavor at Strange Flavors Town. Now we're on cringe levels. <laughs> Hey, you started it. We're you just... did start it. <laughs> I just really like the Tomato Town kid. I just want to adopt him and have him <laughs> sing that to me every day. Well, but you can also hear some singing at Ronoponal. Uh, that is our cultural comedy channel. And we have a Patreon for it where we are not singing on the Patreon, unfortunately. But if you'd like to see that, maybe we'll make some exclusive content on there where we will sing some nice tunes or something like that. But we also have a Discord where you can um, talk about your discussions and whatnot. And we also did confirm one thing. The one kid who said, I've never listened to an episode in my life in Discord. Um, he never heard what we said on the last episode. So I don't think he's ever listened after that last episode. So Joke's um, on him. Because I was going to say something really nice about him. What? Who are you? That he's handsome. But now yeah. I no longer want to say that. Because he's not he's handsome ugly. anymore. He's ugly. Yep. Um, Very ugly. Just like yeah. Tori. <laughs> just like Tori. <laughs> what the heck? That was uncalled. <laughs> I was just being extra. There's no reason. And yeah, Ross, if you'd like to take it away. Well, speaking away. of uglies, I currently do not look ugly. I look mad cute because oh. if you can see, I got I got the flyest, flyest merch in the game on right now. Wow. Wow. Only YouTube can see. Wow. Yes, Only sir. Only YouTube can see, but that is a fire shirt. Yeah. You're wearing a blue shirt. All the... It's a navy blue shirt with a pink with the pink ice cream I like logo. That. I like that right there, right there. Wait, that's yeah, strange. It's, Wait, what it's is called? It's called self love, self love. But when I do it, they say it's cocky. But it's self love though. Yo, who made that shirt? I made the shirt. You made. But the you shirt. can find it. You can find it on strangeflavors.store. No You can way. get it right now. That's insane. Oh my gosh. You, you sound the, sexier, like after putting on that shirt. I feel cute. All the ladies, they're coming after me. I'm like, don't worry don't about lie. it, sweetheart. This that's flat. Oh, this that's flat. You were talking about cringe. This that, <laughs> this that strange flavors that stove. Oh, God. We gassed him up too <laughs> oh, much, no. Amber. Oh, no. Oh, that's God. the problem. Strange flavors that store. Yo, I want to I wanna, um, especially Wait, request some people. I'm wearing merch, too. It's old, but I'm wearing it. And you can get the new one before it gets old. So you can be, you know, like all fancy exclusive when it's no longer available. Yeah, you want to get it now so that it holds value. We're talking Facts. about crypto, NFTs, all this stuff. Talk about real stuff, real tangible goods. You could keep this and one day, once, you know, we're a big deal, then uh, you could tell somebody that you got our merch and yeah. you got that splat. 
This if you want this, if you want the one that I'm wearing, you can have it. Honestly, oh. Oh I'm not <laughs> for a special cost. For a special cost. Ooh. Oh no, I don't like okay. where this is going. We were hyping up the shirt, not you, for us. Yeah, I but think it, it went the wrong way. Yeah, but like, it's I'm a I'm an influencer. Like, there people feel influenced now. You know. All right, what's the next topic? I, I feel less influenced. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> demotivated. I wanted to I wanted to specially request people, uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or you have an iPhone and have the podcast app, leave us a review. Give us five stars and give, give us your thoughts about what you think about the podcast. It helps us out, um, gives us some credibility, and down the road, uh, all of these things, all of your support, all of your reviews come in handy. Um, once the album drops, we just want the we just want strange flavors to be thriving and growing along the way. Maybe so we all can of these read things help us help us grow. Yeah, we will. We do sometimes. I do want to read an, a little bit of an email though that oh. we got in that was super nice um, from someone named Peter, and oh. they are a new listener, which is amazing. They were really excited about the Rehma episode. A lot of people were because apparently that's a singer that people were already listening to and really like and then after this episode they like her even more which is awesome um but basically yeah he was saying that he liked the entire episode a lot and the chemistry between us all and that we should collaborate um and then he said i haven't listened to all of them yet because uh, because i somehow found you guys during the pandemic and decided to click and listen because your logo was wild our logo is wild and this is what it does that logo it has that splash. You could get it on a t-shirt right away. I'm telling you, strangeflavors.store. And then he says, um, so he's a first generation Nigerian American related a lot to the episode. Says, looking forward to more episodes and great guests. You guys are br- really bringing something that is needed to the world that I can't see how far it will impact, but I know it's worthwhile. And that you guys love doing it is even better for the community y'all create. Peter, thank you so much. You know why that's sweet? There's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that I really enjoy. But the fact that you went and sent an email about how much you enjoy it, that means a lot. And thank you very much for that. Yeah, facts. We love reading emails like this. It means a lot. And I shared it with everyone. Send us an email if you hate this podcast, too. I would like to read that, too. too. Yeah. We need to to spill some uh, haterade on this podcast because we don't get enough hate so if if you or someone you know hates this podcast we need to know why you know so send it in we were talking earlier about the uh piers morgan situation about how he's talking all that talk about Meghan markle funny thing is uh this past weekend we were supposed i i was telling shami was like yo the nba all-stars uh game is gonna be on like let's go watch that so we go downstairs i'm trying to find the channel and for some reason that day my Verizon box is like not letting me switch channels, right? It just says the guide, there's no channels. Um, like I could manually go up and switch them if I wanted to, but I was just like, what's the what's the issue? Why can't I switch channels? And then the Oprah um, interview comes on with Meghan Markle and mm. Prince Harry, right? And I was like still trying to find where I can switch to the NBA game. And Shamir's like, yo, like, I think this is a big deal. And yeah. I was like, is it? And then I'm still like, we're slowly like backing up a little bit and I'm clicking the remote a few less times. I'm like, yo, this is kind of good. This slap a little bit. And did it slap? Ooh. We watched it for the whole two hours. 
We delayed our meeting too. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to have a meeting. We we're delayed like, let's, it. Let's let's delay this so we can finish having the tea. Let's wait it out, bro. I'm telling you, like, this is better than a movie because it's real life. You know, in in all of these, I feel better. First of all, like, I'm not trying to be like, yo, it's for our entertainment. But like, it was. And I'm not gonna lie, it was mad yeah. entertaining, um, and. Like in Disney movies or whatever, you hear about, you know, oh, the princess, she went in and did this and whatever. And then they were free. Like this really happened with a real royal family. What? That is crazy. That's, I think it's even better that like Harry got to see his mother kind of go through so many like mental health issues and everything. Like no, like the institution not helping her. And her, like, doing this interview, but, like, you know, didn't really truly feel justified by his mother's situation. And the fact his that... His mother like, being Princess Diana. His mother being Princess Diana. The people's princess. And then... And Pakistan's princess. And ba- <laughs> apparently ba- our, my, our mothers will swear that, like, Princess Diana was like I, this... I put out this tweet the other day, which I was like, for some reason, if you're a true Pakistani, you support two things to the death. That are not Pakistani. That are not Pakistani. Palestine being free. We love our Palestinians. And from, from birth, we're just told free Palestine. And, and we, number and two, do it. Princess Diana, free, free Diana too. <laughs> like, we just love justice for Diana. We love justice for Palestine. That's what makes you... If you don't believe in those two things, it, it's like you're not Pakistani for some reason. Yo, my mom was... I feel like deep in a village when princess diana got married like not really televisions or nothing and she's like on that newspaper she looks so pretty and da 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 and every time i hear like older people talking about the princess diana they're like her wedding and then like she was such a good person and da 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 so that's one of those things that feel pakistani like they feel this princess yeah it's like that trend name something that feels blank but isn't it also might have been because of the pictures of her and Silvarkamis, but I think she. I would like to say that she was just overall a really. I mean, we all think that she was this beautiful person that, like, you know, it was always related with like um, helping the world and all of these things. Mm-hmm. The people's so, princess. The prin- people's yeah. princess. And so I think it was cool for Harry because he got to see that whole thing happen with his mother, and I'm sure that left. A lot of trauma for him. Especially not, cool to, is not the right word. Cool. I'm sorry. That was a bad word. Can't give me another one. Um, like just uh, justifying, uh, justifying, or repeating uh, satisfying, history. Yeah. Satisfying to see Megan be able to kind of like free herself in a way that like can kind of be seen by the world. Delayed justice. S- delayed justice. And the thing is, like, sure, this isn't the outcome that they wanted because. The fact that their kid is like the first kid automatically that is just not going to be able to get a title of prince and like the fact that they lost security, obviously none of those things fall in that category, but the fact that all that stuff happened to him and everything and his wife and that dynamic, for him to be like, I've seen history happen before, but then make an emphasis that this is even more serious because of racism, you know, Megan kind of tiptoed around it. You know, Oprah was like, Racism, racism, racism. Megan's like, mm, racism. Harry came under like, <laughs> racism. 
Like, it was racism. Like, it is racism. And, like, that was cool. That was not cool. Cool needs us to get out of my language. <laughs> bye 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 bye. But, like, it was nice seeing this husband step up and kind of play this role that be the man for Megan that he probably wished his father was for Diana. You know, when we were watching it, I was realizing, like, when Harry came in and he was stepping up and doing all these things. Even though he obviously is sacrificing so much, right? His whole family, his whole position. Like, this is no joke. Um, Financial cutoff. Right. All, like, all those things. There's so many. But I was like, why, for some reason, does it, he still seem like the hero in this mm-hmm. situation? And I was kind of recognizing my own bias where I'm like, yo, like, Harry really did that. Like, he really got his girl out of that. But I'm like... Yo, but, like, she really showed him, the like, woke him up. You yeah, know, like, like when, he, when he said, what's that? It, she, like, showed him, like, real life. Yeah, what's the one thing he said? He was, like, uh, my, I was trapped, and my, my brother and my dad are still trapped. I was, like, oh, snap. Because we often... Uh, back to the Disney stories, we often uh, hear it in a way that's like the prince or like the hero rescues the girl and that's the reason that she's free or whatever. In this case, it's actually the opposite, but we don't necessarily recognize it that way. We're always like, oh, well, she must have done something or there must have been, you know, it wasn't as bad as she's saying it and whatever. And that's what Piers Morgan was doing the whole time. So maybe there's a little bit of Piers Morgan in all of us, but it was like, it was, it was just realizing that like, damn, like the guy always looks better in the situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess because in this situation, you know, Megan wasn't born with a title. Megan married into a title and gained a title. Harry was born with the title and is essentially sacrificing the title going forward by being in a situation and being in this marriage and doing everything with it and kind of, you know, he he could have been like, I choose status over family, but he makes an emphasis that family is what matters to him the most. And like that that was modeled to him through, you know, his mother and everything. And But I, I think it's his transparency with the situation is like very applaudable because... I don't feel like most people in this situation would come out and be like, my brother's trapped, my dad's trapped, and da-da-da-da. But this isn't now. He's also been saying this for, like, years where he's like, you know, the palace life ain't my... Like, I'm not about this palace life. And, you know, there's so many videos of him, like, just, like, being about it. And, like, I was like, he's genuinely, like, such a model husband. <laughs> like, and it, I don't know if it broke your heart, like, where she was, like... I wanna, don't want to get her words mixed up, but she said something like, I got dressed up and I, like, went with him um, even though I couldn't. And she's like, oh, like, you know, you went because you had to. She's like, I couldn't be left alone because I didn't know what I would, like, do to myself. Right. And, like, I can't imagine that love, like, that feeling of feeling so low of not being, like, being literally a princess. Yeah. And then still feeling that way. And the fact that you are at this, like, high level, like, there's, like, literal money going into it, and you're asking for help, and it's not being given to you, 
I just, I can't imagine for him to be like, hey, I recognize my wife is not getting help. I recognize there's a shame matter here and I need to get out of it because this, this can't happen to her for too long because I can't lose her. Yeah. I asked Shamir, uh, I was like asking him all these like what if questions the whole time. And I don't know if he was getting annoyed at me because I love doing that. But um, that one of the, one of the things, one of the things I asked him was like, what if that was you in that situation where like you go into a family and literally like they, let's not, let's not say that it's that exact family. Cause we don't really know yeah. everything, but like, say you go into a family where you're just like, everyone hates you and is like low key, just taking stabs at you and whatever. And what'd you say? I was saying like, we should all like, you know, I, you know, I would put in the effort to like, you know, if uh, they say like sometimes when a guy marries a girl, like the guy's side doesn't like the girl or like the girl has like, you know, some arguments with that family. So in my position, I'd be like, all right, let's try to like fix this. And like, let's all try to like go on some vacation where mm -hmm. we can figure out like, you know, what our roles are and like how to work with each other in these certain situations. I was like, that ain't it. You go on the vacation, you're getting pushed off the cliff. Yes. <laughs> you're gonna pull off something where you just but like. But it's it's like in especially in Desi households, bro. Like, there's no other way. Like, if you go to a Dawat, you're not solving it there. You can't have a meeting. You can't solve it like that. Like, I don't know. It's almost being easier being the guy that's hated oh, yeah. by the girl's family because For there's sure. not as much involvement. Where whereas, you know, there's in Desi culture that ownership over the son's wife. Oh, 100%. I think this is what I was saying, too. It's just like it, it's easy for the guy in this situation because, like, you're not seen uh, to have as many expectations besides, like, providing. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was like, if I was in that situation, I would honestly find it so entertaining. Like, I would low-key prank back. And, like, if they were saying that, like, I was like, okay, so we have a thing with skin tones in our culture, too. We were we were actually talking about this before we did the podcast yeah. um, where, like, people will say, okay, hopefully the baby's not, like, dark or whatever, right? I was like, I would literally, in that situation, like, call up one of my African or African-American friends and be like, yo, can I borrow your baby? And then be like, yo, guys, look, and just see their reactions, just for the fun of it and then just mess with them like that the entire time to make them realize how silly they are yeah. every single time pull pranks on them it would be but but then shamir was like yo i'd be concerned for my safety like <laughs> at that point doing anything like that because obviously you know if you're in a freaking royal family and all of that like mm -hmm. yeah you can't, you can't be doing that, that i kind feel of like stuff. if it yeah if we took the royal family equation aside even megan you know could be more escape from it but she's politically and socially tied to this yeah. family and like has to be a part of it and stuff but for a girl just generally going into a family with the guys hating them like that's like when i'm like yo like that's like when you gotta that's when the living in-house situations can't work that's when like <laughs> you know you visit on a sunday you know yeah. like for an hour and then we gotta go to the other house you know like you gotta keep it like you know it's just so hard girl, to imagine you yourself. Fight. You can't fight with your husband's family. Like, yeah. at least, like, the husband can be, like, more arrogant and be like, okay, well, like, all right, you just go with her then. Like, just just the wife can go and, like, visit the family, I feel like would be more than, like, oh, why does your wife not want to come around? <laughs> but, but like, if, you're, if you know that your family is toxic or that they have this kind of issue, then 
either you have no awareness at all or you're like you know what like i my uh you know significant other is not wrong in the situation so it's actually you know you're caring the same way that harry said like i need to take care of my family he's talking about his like now new family that is his permanent family mm-hmm. and not like his um everybody Birth else that's been family. there right before that because this is also his family now and mm-hmm. it's really important to him so yeah. it's just really hard to put yourself in her shoes in any way we will yeah. none of us will ever know that yeah. we are just not pretty enough to ever be in that situation let alone just like you know be born into it because everybody in that family ain't pretty um <laughs> that's the tea for that that's though. yeah no um i was scrolling through twitter the other day and like speaking of women burger king released a tweet that said women belong in the kitchen yeah. I was scrolling Yo, through Twitter and I was yeah. like, what? Wait, that was actually from their real ac- verified yeah, account? Yeah, from yeah, their real right. account, they wrote, women belong in the kitchen. It yeah. has over 150,000 retweets, 600,000 likes. And I clicked on it and I was like, what the heck? And then if you look into the replies, mm-hmm. they say, if they want to, of course. Yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. (laughs) We are proud to be launching a new scholarship program, which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. Mm, So my question is such bad marketing. (laughs) Yeah, that was my my question. Is it good or bad? I thought that was good. Wait, Bro, is that, no. I don't know if that's... Am I going to be canceled by the female population because... <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the issue. Like, obviously, they're doing a great thing, but the just to send out a tweet... <laughs> mm-hmm. without well, it's, any, getting, it's clickbaiting, right? They're, they're, they're clickbaiting, um, but they're also, you know, trying to spread, like, a positive thing. Have, what, like, scholarships and stuff to help culinary... Advance female culinary careers. But people are like, yo, Chief, this ain't it because you're using sexism to promote something no they're doing like they're they're doing they're like um clickbaiting sexism to be like hey we're actually like doing something great here i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it i think it works and it's kind of funny when uh the proper organization does it so if you're like a if you're us for example right and we're as like strange flavors as ronopono we're like oh women belong in the kitchen we put a picture of amber like in the kitchen and then it's like a good ad then then we can be like oh yeah like we're trolly we're funny in that way that we would do something like this for burger king to do it like you already know the climate we live in like i just don't understand why you would and i see a bunch of articles that now say burger king apologized for that so like <laughs> and they deleted no, their tweet yeah so nobody was like yo like i don't know if it's gonna like people are ready to uh, be open-minded like how amber you're saying mm-hmm. i agree with you but like I but wouldn't like, even take that chance but, if I'm in this climate as a Yeah, but I mean like look at how many people are talking about it. Yeah, too. I think it spreads the message even more than if they tried something else. Sure. I guess not, like I guess they could have been like every single other brand being like Happy um International Women's Day. We love all the people on our team. He was like I mean they were like imagine me hearing that like associating it with the male um but like them being like woman belong in the kitchen if they want to like that's very quickly followed up you can't be mad yeah. for more than three seconds until you read if they want to yeah if michael b jordan tweeted this exact same thing 
<laughs> I mean, like, where can I apply to work in that kitchen? Amber wouldn't even see the reply. She'd be like, oh, yeah, they do. Amber would be like, yes, I agree. And then he would be like, women belong in the kitchen. And I'd be like, are you looking for a chef? <laughs> I will be yeah. the head chef so quick. I think it definitely depends on who's doing it. And for like, for example, like the way that this initially came off, it was like if they were if if noble was some sort of uh, way to describe some sort of marketing campaign to get uh, black people in college or something. And they were like, get the N word pass. And it's like, um, and even after you see like, mm-hmm. oh, they're actually referring to I don't know why I said noble, whatever word you yeah. want to use. You get the example I'm trying to use here. But like. It's still like, yo, fam, what you trying to do? What you, you yeah. know that, you know that TikTok? What you, what you trying to get into, Burger King? Mm. You know that guy guess, that puts up his eyebrows? Nobody knows this TikTok guy? No. No. Um, oh my God. I have to find his name, but, but uh, no, he's a legend. This, this was a, uh, legend on your for you page. <laughs> this is actually on Everybody's. International Women's Day, which is why I think this blew up even more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it, was it a comes great off idea. as a. I should, don't even think they should have apologized. I think they should do it again <laughs> next year. Well, well, if you apologize, you automatically lose because yeah. then you're saying, "Yeah, we didn't, you know, make the right decision in uh, vetting this uh, campaign I mean, at all." If it like negatively affected people, that's not good for their brand. How did it? Okay, if you're saying that Burger King's tweet negatively affected you, like literally, get off Twitter. Like, get off Twitter and go find another. Go on, like, Pinterest and scroll there. His name is Tira Rags. Trags. I don't know how you say it. Tra Rags. But look, this guy. The guy that always says, like, what are you trying? Oh, okay. oh man. Whatever. I'm trying I'm to su- see their apology on Twitter, but I don't I'm such a ute. <laughs> I, I don't know why you brought that up on the podcast. It's just so random. Because <laughs> it's so famous. It's like the Tomato Town kid. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But then Can you're like, honest? oh, this guy. And then, yeah. <laughs> I just want you guys to know him. And I want to hear if other people, like, everyone I know knows him. But okay. Can I tell um, you something? Yeah. What? Every time you say Tomato Town, I have no idea what you're talking about. Damn. Number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite. We about to get down. Get down. Uh, See, there you go. I think that we live in a time where a lot of people are making a lot of references to things that are like D class famous or probably F class famous. And so we all live in different like you're saying for you page, like you live in a for you page that is still getting millions virals viral hits. But it's I'm also getting that type of for you page. But we just, there's too many famous things now. Yeah, but I like it. Like, we, me and my um, homegirls, like, were on a weekend together, and we only spoke in TikTok, like, sounds. It was Yeah, we, like, know, we know you like TikTok sounds. You always liked sounds before that, too. You make sounds of animals and different mm-hmm. um, like, disturbing like, you know, things that we don't know what you're talking about most of the time. But now you I have do? TikTok. Great. Good for you. We're, Good we're super happy us. that you, you finally have a community that you can finally who uh, can just relate to speak your language. Me. Yeah, Love I kind of like it too when I know the reference. Yeah, you, that, that one kid one though. I'm sorry, that one kid one though. <laughs> what you know kid what I'm one? talking about? 
you know? No. Where it's like, waking up in the morning, gotta I get hate that sound. <laughs> I hate that sound. I hate that sound. would get better. It's, no. I don't like the sound, but, like, I have not uh, been disappointed by any video that's been associated with that sound. You know what I like the sound of? Our next guest. Success. Oh. Mm. Which is exactly... You know, you tried to you tried to take that. Um, no, I thought you were setting right it direction. up for us. You did. No, no, oh. you got that. You had the idea, but it, you got the wrong word. I wanted to oh. say success, but you're right. Okay. <laughs> what so, if I said something Shamir, so bad? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> Shamir already Failure. spoiled it, guys. But I'll get to it because this is a very exciting uh, part of this show, which mm-hmm. is our stranger. Our stranger this week is a multi-dimensional entrepreneur who used dance to grow a successful name and business for herself. She shares her inspiring story from wanting to flip rotis to flipping the script. You'll see what I'm talking about when you hear this amazing come up. Everyone, please welcome our stranger, Monica Ahuja. I actually just realized um, when Amber sent over your stuff that you were at my sister's wedding. Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. We haven't officially met, but I yeah met. I saw. <laughs> we just passed through. <laughs> yeah, and you're like a really incredible dancer. So then I saw like all the um, stuff in your bio and all that, and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. She was going off. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think she's even in the dance wedding highlight. And she was just like the one who knew what she was doing. We were all like, you know, dancing, whatever. But she knew what she was doing. Well, thank you for being my partner, Amber, that day. Of course. <laughs> any day. I will be your partner any day. So somebody was actually just talking to me about this. And they were like, hey, I don't know how to feel, but I actually get invited to weddings with my friend solely to dance. So like at the Mendy, um, and then I don't get invited to the actual Shadi, the wedding day. Does this happen to you? Um, <clears throat> actually, no. However, lately because of COVID, I could see that happening to me too. <laughs> they would probably want me to come to Mendy and just dance it off and have fun. And then, you know, the wedding ceremony would be like, oh, 15 people. Let me keep it like restricted. They have a term for that. It's called energy producer. Oh, I'll take yeah. it. I don't but, think that but, I don't think they see people have a term called energy producer. I think they have a term called this is where the cut list happens for guests and you are not on it. You're solely there for the entertainment. Like, yes. the, the person yes. I'm talking about, they were like offended because they're like, I feel that I'm not being valued as a guest, but more so as somebody who is just providing the entertainment and, and, and free entertainment. That's and also, I mean, but I, I'd, I'd, be I'd be proud of that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, that happens to me. Like people, like oh. people be like, "Oh yeah, like come to the Mendy, like you know, just be hype and stuff." And I'm like, "You think I'm hype? What? Hey, you get to wear a cute outfit, take cute pictures, and dance. I'm in." She said but it's she okay. Said. Okay, I guess maybe that's different than like sometimes my sister. Like she's the one of the only ones that will like choreograph and do something like really well put together versus like girls that kind of just stand there in a row and look at each other and like do the same thing for like three (laughs) minutes um she wants to actually like choreograph something so then sometimes she gets asked uh along with my brother and i my brother's a really good dancer 
So I'm the only one that can't dance here, but um, I, I'm, I'm well, making I've, it I've seen you make your girls. stomach move in a couple videos. I've seen you make your stomach move in a couple videos, so <laughs> I guess you can dance. Oh, that gut moves. That gut moves on its own. Um, but yeah, then then when like any of us get invited and then like the aunties are like, hey, like go go like make, a, you know, the crowd work or like, you know, do this and that. Um, then it does feel a little weird, but I guess, I don't know if you're, if you're a dancer, that's what you like to do. Maybe that's your vibe. See, um, it's like for me at that point, I don't really think about aunties and uncles. I'm just dancing and having fun. So mm. I guess that's where my energy goes into. Does anybody ever come up to you and like, or give you like stares or anything for, um, the way that you might be dancing or something that you might be wearing mm. or anything like that, especially in our culture? I think I've never had that. Yeah, I've never never been been through that. Like, I don't think I don't recall a occasion where somebody gave me like the death stare. She's okay. enjoying herself so much that if somebody <laughs> wants to talk trash or say something, she is so unbothered she didn't even realize. The nuzzer, yeah, the nuzzer doesn't affect her. Mm-mm. No yeah. nuzzer. Nuzzer yeah, free. Probably not. <laughs> she she keeps the I hater like... goggles on. At all times. Mm. <laughs> But I, awesome. I enjoy weddings. I would go there. Like, if somebody's even calling me for one event, I'll do it. <laughs> I love weddings. Do you, because you're, um, you know, are you a professional dancer? Would you say that you're a professional dancer? Um, at this point, I think I, I can call myself a professional dancer because I've been teaching for quite a while now. So, I mean, what, do, what even makes yeah, what up a, per, like, you get yeah. checks for dancing? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like... Uh, money you get paid for dancing oh, okay so would so, that classify as being a professional dancer like what is even the criteria you know I guess I guess in a way because you know just like any other profession you you become an influencer you start making money you're an influencer or you um, like any other profession your doctor or engineer and stuff like that you are a professional that's why you get money so when you're teaching dance you're a professional you're getting money for it yeah so um, what even like when you're doing you mentioned the whole influencer thing, you've got quite a quite a few followers yourself on um, Instagram. So like, have you always seen um, dancing as a way to uh, like as something you could monetize off of? I'm trying to pull up. Your um, thing. <clears throat> yes, 26, so- almost 30,000 followers. So you're like a dancer <laughs> influencer. Choreographer. I'm actually. Too, right? uh, yes. So I kind of started my I've been dancing for since sixth grade, so I kind of knew I always wanted to go in the dance field. In fact, I remember writing down in like a little slam book, you know, back in India, we used to have these autograph diaries where you would fill it out for your friends and yourself. I filled it out that I, I want to I wanna teach dance when I grow up. So it was just a rare thing that I, like, I put there. I think I was in, I was six years old, and then I did that slam book thing in eighth grade. What kind of dancing did you start with? Bollywood. Just plain Bollywood. I would just like look at songs and just like, I've never been trained except for Bharatanatyam for two years. Ooh, so she's actually classically trained because Bharatanatyam is technical. It's, yes. But I kind of lost all the touch because I came to US and I didn't practice again. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would call myself like a dance influencer because I think there's million of, like there's million dancers with like a lot more potential and like, cool different steps that they can do i'm not there i would consider myself yeah, but the like bar, a but the bar for that for dancer influencer right now mm-hmm. is like charlie d'amelio this thing this oh thing. yeah TikTok. <laughs> that's it <laughs> and, then, uh, <sighs> and you yeah. have actual moves too and, and 
I think it's cool because yours combined dance, but also with aesthetic. Somehow, you have a way of combining dance with aesthetic and a vibe. You'll be dancing, but in a puffy, beautiful skirt. Simple dance moves sometimes, but the video, like, I'll be sitting there watching it, like, 15 times. Like, this girl just, like, gave me such a good vibe. It's all about good vibes. Um, but I, I would feel nice. I, I feel like I'm like a combination of like the, you know, like fashion and dance. That's that's the reason like the dance is, like steps are simple, but then everything is aesthetically pleasing. So I put everything into consideration when I'm like putting a project out there. So for you, it becomes a whole like um, you're production. talking about the video, basically, uh, the video production. of it. Yeah. So it needs because to look that, good. Exactly. And the dance moves need to be on point, dresses, mm-hmm. everything. So do you make these dances for a video just so it can be released out online or is it like for a specific event or both or? Um, So I choreograph for Miss Pakistan USA for four straight like years. Um, I would choreograph for that. I've choreographed for like many series. In fact, like uh, college shows like Tempest, there was a whole Bollywood series of it. We did. I did that. So I've done like things where it's it's not for YouTube or Instagram. But then I've also done things just to put something out there to get those views and to get those likes and stuff like that. So I think a little bit of both. What what is the world like for you uh, when it comes to like how social media has evolved and seeing uh, TikTok and all of that. Like, are you on these apps as well, trying to, <laughs> you know, blow up and, and get your stuff out there? I started TikTok I, in, uh, in like COVID times. Like, I think the first two months I was at it every day during lunch hour, put my pony on, put my outfit on and like start doing those TikTok dances. But like, mm-hmm. it didn't last long. <laughs> One so month what, after, and I think I it? just... No, I'm, I think my profile is on there, but there's probably like three videos because I deleted most of them, left the ones with like 70,000 views or something. <laughs> but then I don't, I don't use TikTok anymore. You still post like reels and stuff, like transition videos. Correct. So I, like outfits, fashion <clears throat> correct. videos. Yeah. But then I transitioned myself completely into Instagram because I was like, there's no point of me trying to grow two platforms when I don't have that much time. I can just focus on one platform, grow it to its fullest, and then just you know, call myself master at one thing instead of, like, trying to be jack-of-all-trades. Mm. Well, but, like, I'm... I would argue that you are that. Like, you, you do so in, much. In different are... things, but then platform, mm-hmm. when you start dividing platforms, you're dividing views, you're dividing, like, uh, you know, people all together. Because um, first, TikTok was easier because there was, like, India um, India was allowed to use TikTok. But then after, the India, uh, after India banned TikTok, a lot of Bollywood songs won't even take that much of a hit. So it's just TikTok dances at this point. Okay, so before, the reason I'm asking uh, this question about, um, you know, the way that you, I guess, market yourself or whatever Mm -hmm. is because you are like a, I would say, a successful businesswoman. But I want to backtrack before we actually talk about that. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about your upbringing in dance and everything, what did you see as a career for yourself? Isn't this an extremely difficult field to like, uh, you know, even we were having trouble trying to figure out what the professional dancer uh, or just want someone who does it as a hobby is. So. What did you see as something like working out some some sort of consistency in this field? So um, if you had asked me this question when I was like, you know, in India, I would say I was trying to be a housewife. I did not know I had a, <laughs> I had a goal or anything in mind because, again, um, as I mentioned, my family was not into arts or anything like that. So I was raised as a child where... I didn't get good grades. I failed most of my classes. I would only go to dance and, you know, mm-hmm. arts and chess and tennis and like all the things that was not what my parents would call as 
a good child. So Was it because um, you didn't have to? Like, did you have that expectation of, I'm just going to be a housewife anyway, so I don't yeah, need to? Yeah, because I really yeah. thought I was not good for anything. Because, like, my grade sets, though. So I was like, oh, that's it. I would just, like, make little pretty clothes for my dolls. I self-taught myself. Nobody really taught me. And then, you know, just had the, the chance to dance. And, like, I started liking dance and I got invested in it. And then... I just said it out loud where I'm going to do that someday, but I did not think in my million years that actually I'm going to get to U.S. and actually start something off my own. And this is where I'm today. So if you ask me before, like I didn't have any goals or aspirations when it comes to dance or I'm an influencer or fashion or anything like that. What was the shift for you when it came to, all right, this is going to be something legit that I can um, do as a career? I think um, once I came to high school, I started my own club cultural dance club then I went to college I started another dance club and I started seeing that people are actually enjoying that they actually value arts and creativity here more and I think in 2016 is when I um I participated in Miss India DC and at that point I was also training for um a teaching at Miss Pakistan USA and in all of a sudden like right after my graduation I got involved in a lot of things and then I went to Desi Conference in concert in New York. I think that was happening in 17 or 18. And then that's where the idea came to me. You know what? I want to monetize everything and I want to actually make this a little bit more professional. I started DC Valley Desi for that very reason because there is literally nothing here like New York City. So every every year there was like a letter towards it. it there was not, not a significant... Um, moment that I would say that like led me to think oh I'm gonna do this one day but it was like a series of things that were just like working out for me that got me to where I am today so DC Wale Desi that was Mm -hmm. one of the first it was a dance group that you started no it was just a community platform which we started like uh, Desi Grooves was one of the dance uh, part of it but then the whole platform was about anything to do with creativity okay so creative people in the DC area Mm -hmm. was it over like Facebook or something Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Again, Instagram. And yeah, like what were, what were people doing in that group? So we were featuring them like any other, uh, you know, other social media pages. We were featuring the people to get them involved. And then what we're going to, what we started doing is uh, marketing Daisy groups. Like we created our own in-house dance workshop and I would give a chance and opportunity for a person who doesn't have enough followers or anything like that, you don't really require those to teach somebody. And there are great dancers in the DMV that, don't, that don't, they don't get the exposure that they should. So I gave them a chance, actually monetize them where people were paying $20 to get the dance class. I was paying the trainer or teacher at that point, an instructor, and everybody made money. The other thing that they were like marketing, like, you know, I've com- I connected with different brands and people since I was creating a database of Desi people in the DMV area, I was able to tell them that, hey, I can help you. If you are marketed as Desi people, then in the DMV area, I got you covered. So we were able to create marketing campaigns for those kind of um, companies and make money out of that, too, while helping them in the same process. So like That's everything kind of like it was like amazing to kind of help someone at the same time be able to make money which you know when I would say to my dad that hey like I want to do something that it's not a stable career but I feel like in arts and creativity like people make more money through that than the regular jobs yeah I think what's really interesting is at first I'm trying to look at it through the lens of how do you make dance a career but you're re- what you're really doing is as you mentioned you built a database yeah, of like a people community. of the yep. sim- of a similar community that's yeah. what these apps do nowadays right they sell Correct. data to each other I like the way you did it because it seems more right. I don't know why. Um, but it, it's like, more personable. Even if, 
Like, yeah, I was able to interact with these people. We were yeah. able to take the data. We were able to take their emails, information, like every, it was like more personalized messages and like, you know, things were at more of a personal level. And that's where they were at ease to give us those um, emails and they were comfortable giving us the information that we needed. And we were able to talk to these companies and we've never had issues so far, at least. So, yeah, I think it's, so it's like that page, um, Bollyville. Right, that's the that's something the one with all the something dance along groups. those lines. But you did yeah. it individually for this group, and then you did it with what, like other cities too. So yeah, I've started Philly and then Jersey, and now we're starting Boston sometime soon. So basically, I mean, my my goal is to create a chapter of it in every different every single state or like major cities of U.S. where you have more DC population. Nice. And how big are all of the? Like, what's your biggest sort of um, following or like accomplishments with those? And DC by DC is about five grand. 5,000 okay. people. Okay. Yeah. So I think that would be the biggest because that was the first per, uh, first one that I started. So I think the first one, um, I launched it in 2018, I believe. And mm-hmm. 19, we did the whole one year anniversary. We did the calendar year award where we were able to nominate an um, award like different brands. And uh, like, for example, favorite photographer, you know, the best wooded photographer in the DMV. And these are the people who nominated them. I mean... Um, got them to win like they voted for them their friends and their family we didn't have anything to do with it but then now they can write on their title that award-winning photographer in the dmv area that makes them more money yeah um during these times how do you get this community to interact with each other is it like only online now or yeah it's basically like mostly online the giveaways or like you know live sessions or anything like that it was a lot easier back in the days where we used to host events like at least once a quarter where we'll everybody will meet up even a small event or a big event it kind of worked out but now it's since it's almost a year now actually because march 15th was when quarantine was announced last year quarantine so yeah it's it's been a year that we haven't done much um so you so you started your own dance studio right it's called yes let's let's groove or let's groove studio let's, mm-hmm. okay so uh what gave you the idea that you wanted to eventually start your own studio as i said that was one mayor thought when i was in eighth grade or ninth grade that i wanted to start a dance studio and i saw the opportunity and i was looking around the places um I was like, oh, I, you know, I have this thing open and my friend, she's a real estate um, agent um, commercial wise. So she was like, hey, I saw this place and like, it's pretty cool. And I lived around there. So I was like, okay, Uh, the rent was pretty decent and it was a brand new community and brand new uh, location. I was like, I'll take it and I'll do something with it. And then I started thinking and I wanted to bring the LA vibe here where, you know, the cool lights and like the dark, like the whole dark black box type of uh, look and feel. Well, even though it started as a dance studio, at this point, it's not a dance studio anymore. But it's still like that's like the idea was to just like have that L.A. vibe dance um, community built together in Manassas area. But I think the location was a disadvantage. And then the worst was the COVID that happened to me. Yeah, I saw some of those videos and it felt like what you're talking about, either um, those uh, the dance studios that they have in the more popular cities with yes. a lot of dancers. Like Everyone playground. Really cool. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. it, there's a cool aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it used for now? You said it's not. Um, dance it's not just for dance anymore. Um, so I now I call it a creative creative space that could could be utilized for dance, video shoot, music videos, even private events. Because of COVID, of course, the students were hesitant to come out and learn dance. And I literally signed the lease. I think March sixth is when I signed the lease, and March sixteenth mm. or eighteenth, the quarantine was <laughs> was announced. Oh, man. And I was just holding my head, and I'm like. You're an idiot. <laughs> you should have researched. Again, because I saw the location and I, I didn't really think th- think it through and I just like 
took it, took the opportunity, and then kind of suffered a little. But um, you've allowed a lot of, like, creative things to take place there. I've seen a lot of, like, really cool, yes. like, uh, creative shoots go on, mm-hmm. very, like, in-detail parties and everything. What made you get that idea to start doing all that? Like, So the just- day... The day we started, literally a person who lives above. So it's actually residential properties on top. And then um, uh, the properties downstairs are like, of course, real estate, like the commercial side. So the lady that lives upstairs is like, hey, you know, uh, my, my son's birthday is coming up. Can I use your space for a birthday party? I was wait, like, wait, well, does she live there? She lives there. So- <laughs> wait, hold on. So you got to explain how you manage the whole sound thing. Uh, a lot of soundproof panels. <laughs> and she, but she's and she knows chill. this? She doesn't mind? Yeah, she's pretty chill, and I um I have rule of keeping the volume at fifty percent. It's pretty loud still, so it doesn't transfer out. Like if you open the the door, like you'll see the tra- um the sound come out. Where when you close it, it's like barely a mumble. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty good so far. Um, but of course that was one of the concerns that they would not give it, give it, uh, give it to me until I have my sound proof check. Did you have um, to like learn all that to like? Yes, a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool that you're that you're literally like, you know, figuring it out. But then you were was any part of this. Um, were you fearful at all of like, what if I buy yes. this place? What if it's not? How do you get over that? Because even right now, when you're speaking to us, it just seems like there were decisions made in a snap and you were so confident about it. Um, see, right now I'm speaking confidently because, of course, it's already long gone. But at that moment, uh, of course, there was like a lot of thinking involved. And like every moment I was just researching, Googling, and anytime the next hassle came through. And like there was a lot of problems when we started because, again, first of all, just to get my Let's Groove sign here, it was like, it took me a month because it was, of course, delivering from China and everything was banned at that point and every, all the shipping prices went up, like, hiked. And that's like my main sign that I have to put there. So, like, challenges like that did come through it's just i had to like wait it out and be patient through it and then finally opened up in july again did not work out till like late november so from july like from march to july i literally had not opened the studio from july to like late november i made little to no income from it it's just like me putting in the funds that i had um raised or like my own funds and then finally like I did this whole shoot where I showcased a picnic and brought that whole studio rental into place. And that's when it just hit. People started renting it up for music videos, for photo shoots, for like little events and stuff. And then I was like, okay, how can I even reduce my cost even more? So I started buying inventory and building my own little inventory where I was able to just buy one thing out of one rental and then give it out to five different rentals. So it was easy for me. So it was like one rental cost and then five pure profit. So like, I worked my way through um, finding different ways to kind of like make money and sustain and at the same time have fun with it. Because, again, anything creative, I I have fun with it. So it worked out for me. At least so far. Are your parents or like your family in general um, seeing you go through all of this? Are they very supportive (laughs) of of all your dreams or are Um, they like... You know, Monica, relax. <laughs> um, I had to literally make a trip down there to explain them. I'm not a model and I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing just modeling. There's a lot more to me. So, I mean, they are from Pakistan, right? Um, they were one of my parents from Pakistan, one of my parents in India. 
but he was raised in a very narrow-minded family environment. So for him, understanding a lot of things have always been a difficulty. Um, and my family has never been an easy situation for me in the first place. So it took them a while. Now they're finally getting up to the speed where like, oh, she owns a business and she's trying to make funds out of it and like make a career out of it. So they're fine now. So I don't think I've ever had that good of a relationship with them since until like the past year. Like I think with COVID times, like me visiting them more often and you know them understanding me for what I do and stuff, they got used to it a little bit more and now they're more at ease i would say yeah. they, uh, because you work uh, a nine to five wasn't that causing some ease and you know you mentioned like creative stuff sometimes will pay more than nine to five and like why do a nine to five what is your nine to um five? oh i'm a program manager for an it firm i manage about 13 nice. contracts like federal contracts nice. um uh stability i would say <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because again, had I not had that my nine to five job and I just went straight blank and got this business, the next thing another quarantine started, like I would have been doomed, like mm-hmm. for real. Um, it's nine to five that kind of kept me sustained. And then, you know, I was able to sustain through all those negative um, finances since the first few months when I started the business. So I don't think I'll leave my nine to five till I'm like very much certain, like I have like this particular number that I, I think in my mind that I have before I quit that. Because you have to have certain kind of like, you know, a leg room of like things fall down. So who, who's going to be the, able to pick me up? Like it needs to be me. So it sounds like the, the whole um, dance studio slash creative space idea is what you want to grow with and, yes, and go on. Yes, very with. much. What, what's the next step? Like, you know, you have uh, the space being hosted for different events and all of that. Mm-hmm. What is what comes after this, after you have your database and all of that? So a couple of things. When you talk about Let's Crew Studio, I definitely want to get into a bigger space than this. I started this as a small project and I feel like if I do uh, things the way that I'm doing at the rate that I'm doing and I continue working hard, I can expand to a bigger size of um, location and like do multiple things at one time. That's kind of my goal this year. I've been at, talking to my real estate agent and she's been looking for a location for me. So I'm already at it uh, where I want to expand it and later maybe franchise it at some point where I like different cities have let's grow studio again you know something cool that would happen if that were to happen and for dc validacy i just as i said i just want to create a chapter and a community in every single state and city and then be also carl as a marketing firm where like it's specifically for south asians we don't even follow anybody who's like outside dc culture we stick to that because it was like literally created for that very specific reason to give that option or a, like a chance for people who are south asians and the the media or the art community and stuff like that and to be able to grow and if i have the platform why not you said that sorry go ahead ember uh, i feel like you incorporate like the community members pretty well within what you do uh when you were uh crowdfunding for the dance studio you kind of had everybody at their toes guessing like what is this dance studio's name gonna be and everybody was kind of curious you kind of had this thing going over and eventually that you revealed that it was let's groove how did you come across the name let's groove we uh, so I sat down for I think like about ten days, like writing down literally everything to do with dance, and groove was one of the words, the keywords, and then it just hit me, and I said, "Oh, let's groove!" And then I was like, "Next thing I know, I'm, re- I'm registering the name for it." So it worked out. You were saying that um, when you were uh, in India, you know, you you hated all your classes. You weren't good at any of you know uh, yep. <laughs> academically. You just you just weren't there. Um, I'm wondering. You know, you're talking about real estate, business, uh, a lot of 
just management skills in general, mm-hmm. ordering signs, all of this. What's your resource <laughs> when it comes to learning all of these things mainly? Um, I'm not sure, honestly. Like, I think it's just, I think one thing that came from my father is me being hardworking. I think it's the hardworking nature or like capability in me that just keeps me going. And I just like go for the next thing. And uh, I don't think there's a skill that I learned somewhere, but I did go to school for management. I am a, a project management um I did have a degree in management entrepreneurship. In fact, there I've got go. my PMP. I've had five years of training. So, like, if you talk about like skill set from the educational perspective, that I've gone to school for it. Um, but again, this is something that is inbuilt in me. I would say because I've always been this way. I've always been a go getter. I've always been hardworking. Whatever I do, just not school. But okay, yeah. I, I yeah. have a second master's coming up, so I guess that too, I nailed it now. <laughs> so basically, you're saying was like you kind of work backwards. Like, hey, I want the studio. Okay, mm-hmm. now we have these issues like oh, soundproofing all. This and then you just find your way and figuring that out i said like hours and hours of like research i just literally sit on google all day like okay what can i do like last night and this hasn't been even released um i just figured it out like last night i came up with this idea like hey i actually want to create an art installation in the studio i think that'd be very cool this morning i found a vendor everything is set april 12th is coming up so like it was just this like an idea comes up to me and i just work towards it i work really hard towards it and in three hours i nail down a vendor and I'm having one now, so that's it's that just immigrant like that. mentality. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> that's just like hardworking immigrant mentality. That's mm-hmm. how you got to do it. I would say so too. It's amazing. How much time does it take up for you to actually manage something like this dance studio? Are you in there like doing things, or is it kind of like does it operate on its own? No, it's like solely relies on me. If I'm not there, shit goes down. Basically, excuse my language. Well, what do you um, do? <clears throat> so, ba- so you know, my nine to five, right? And then rentals usually happen on Fridays and Saturdays. And then Sunday, I have dance classes throughout the day. I'm the person behind the camera. All those cool videos, I'm the one who makes them, I'm the one who edits them. Um, I put in the work for it. And at the same time... So is that something that you're offering extra or that's like... That's just out of me, like... Because I like oh, it. Oh, so you need to promote yeah, it. Yeah, correct. That so it's just me, my it. way of promoting it. If I'm there, it just works out better. Um, things go just smoother and stuff. I, there are days that I've like gone for vacation on weekends and the instructors kind of take care of themselves. But they're they're not the utmost quality that I want. So I like try to be there as much as I possibly can. But for events, I'm the one who sets them up. Unless it's a rental where it's like a quick cash type of thing where, hey, I'm renting a studio for a video shoot. You got nothing to do, you know, pay $75 an hour and I'm good. It's easy cash for me then I have to I don't have to do much um there are the easy ones but then there was ones that I have to actually set up for events and stuff like that then I need to be there so I would say like from Thursday and Friday evenings to like Saturday and Sunday I'm mostly at the studio unless I figured my way around or like I have a backup uh, or one of my friends is taking care of it then I'm there so it does take quite a lot of time out of me um I think I've called this up the struggle period like one and a half year like struggle period you just suck it up and do it mm-hmm. good and then when you expand then it's when I can hire an employee who can just do all these things for me and then it's kind of like because right now, as I mentioned earlier, right, I'm figuring things out. Every step, I'm like making a new rule or like, oh, I can I can do this thing better like this way, and um, I'm enhancing the process. Once I've got a clear cut vision of the process, like okay, this is how things are going to be done. This is how the things are going to be taken down, taken down. Then it would be easy for me to tell somebody, and then you know I can give them the control. But right now, I need to have the control to be yeah. able to run the way it is running. You said you started with like Bollywood dancing and stuff, and then you open the studio with that in mind are you is that all you teach there is that all you want to have less groove doing 
So Let's Groove, I did not want it to be South Asian at all. In fact, um, that's the reason I had, like, people were guessing a lot of Bollywood style names or like Desi, yeah, uh, you know, a towards name. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it central where it's like for everyone. In fact, I have probably like a couple clients from, you know, South Asian community. It's not much. Um, most of my clients are Americans, like, you know, call it anywhere from America, but not Desi. So it, it's a whole different entity altogether. I didn't want it to be confused, but I do provide Bollywood classes but then where most of the classes that we teach there is like hip-hop like heels or dance hall um afro hip-hop like stuff like that so it's it's not they see how do you find these quality instructors to teach all these classes um i don't know i just like i see them dance and something in me tells them that's the person i want to go for (laughs) <laughs> I have it's I have a 16 year old instructor like a 16 year old teaching 25 35 year olds because I think she's like talented and I'm I I was that person who was told that I was not talented enough and nobody gave me the chance. I want to be able to do that for other people. So I guess I also look at it as emotionally where like, no, she needs, she does, she deserves it. And she's proven out to be a good one because she fills up all my classes like that. And you find them like randomly, like in the park or something? Not really. Um, Different pages or like, you know, posting things about it. Like some some people will follow me. So sometimes I randomly post like, we're looking for an instructor. So like a friend of a friend will connect through. So that's kind of how there was one student who used to come literally every weekend and I saw her like progress to this dance, but then she does a different form of dancing and she teaches at other studio. So I was like, okay, like, hey, would you like to teach here? And she started filling out classes herself. So like, it's it's not a set process where I'm like, okay, no, like I'm going to post here and I'm going to get my instructors here. It's not like that. You have the uh, the vision for it. So when you see somebody, uh, not just in this aspect, but for your whole, uh, you know, passion behind all of this, you have a certain yeah. vision. So when you see somebody that's dancing good, um, yeah, yep. you probably you probably know right away. But, I think I see yeah. more of a, like loyalty, like personality. Like yes, a lot of people have skill. Like a lot of people can dance. A lot of people can dance way better than me. But then I feel like what would stand out in me is like my hardworking uh, nature, like my personality, or like the way I'm loyal to people. Like that's that, that's what stands out to me. And that's, that's when I like if I. If you see my WhatsApp group chat with these instructors, I call it Let's Crew family. I don't call them my instructors or like employees or anything like that. I literally treat them like families. I invite them to places like, hey, you want to chill today or something. So like that's kind of what I was trying to create. Not, you know, like I think that's what I look for. It. So it's it gets easier when I see it that way. I have a quote for you. I saw this today. Yeah, it says it's it's a little bit more spiritual, but it says fall for the soul. The face has betrayed many. Oh, oof. <laughs> and that's kind of like how you're saying the whole thing about you know you want that loyalty and trust and just mm-hmm. being a good human being more than okay they're good at dancing because you never know especially in this field creative fields uh it's not you just about the talent trust. yeah it's hard to work with those people so like I, I don't know if you guys know jason gazi right like jason gazi i met him uh in 2019 he's actually the one who manages DC for me he has been um, helping me out since about a couple and a half years now. He Is calls he a me dancer? He's nothing like me. He's like completely opposite, a quiet child, an introvert. That's kind of what it is. But then I saw the passion in him to like help the community or like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And um, it merely started with like a friendship where like, oh, I'm just trying to know your friends. And I like saw something in him. I offered him like the position at DC Holidays. Like, hey, would you like to help me with this page? 
he was like, okay, let me think about it. Give me a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And a couple of weeks after, he's approved. And since then, he's never left my side. Anything I give to him, like, it's a top priority. He makes sure that's done. And he's, like, literally my right hand and left hand. So, you know, had I not believed in more of a person than, like, what he is or his skill set was, I don't think I would be where I am today. Absolutely. And we, we were talking about, you know, you having the vision. What is the vision for you when it comes to the ideal scenario that you see yourself in, whether it be stepped back a little bit from the whole studio vibe and being in more managerial position or just some other crazy sort of ambition that's next for you? I don't think I can sit at home. So I think I need to be involved in anything and everything. Um, I would be that person that still would want to run around and manage things and do things and be creative and keep up with my brain power. Um, so no, like, I would want to run out, but I think what my vision is for myself in the next, let's say, five years, like definitely, you know, quit working nine to five, um, graduate from that, that, like once I have enough funds and savings, um, grow my studio and grow Desi, but it also work with a fashion brand or create my own. I think I've always been um, between the two lanes of fashion and dance, like always been, you know, enthusiastic about it um, since I was a little girl. So I want to keep that going, keep that fire going and turn into something good if I can. If it fails, then it fails. But I feel like if I work hard enough, it will not fail. I believe in you. Like yeah. after this, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you wouldn't be able to pull that off. You know, when it um, um, when you think of people that kind of, when when you see, you know, you, Monica, from Instagram or something, which is my mm -hmm. only knowing of you when Amber even shared it, you think, okay, yeah, like dancing, influencing these things, like just surface level. But then when you hear like, you know, your, your story and your literal just willingness to not only, you know, pursue something that you're passionate about, but then, uh, you know, figure out like Shamir was saying, work backwards on like, I want a studio. How do I get this? And then being the cameraman behind things and <laughs> ordering things and constructing and all of that, like that's really inspiring and incredible. And that's why I think Thank like you. you're going to you're definitely going to be able to do whatever you set your mind to. I really hope so. I, I want to know, um, you know, your kind of message to people that especially within this last year, everyone's been discouraged in many ways they're uh, or the or they're kind of finding their passions again and so when it comes to working towards something that you can make like you're sustainable eventually what are kind of like the key things that you would tell people to keep in mind to pursue their true passions i i would say like literally work hard towards your goal like if you like it you research you pursue it there's no other way around it there's no key magic term or, or, you know, like, or magic itself that would, like, help them get there unless they work for it. I, I don't think things come easy to anyone these days, especially these days. So, like, if they are looking into something and if they're passionate about something, even a tiny bit, explore that to its fullest, research, and then pursue it. That's it. There's, that's, that's the only thing I would say. I think research was a huge theme that I heard. Um, research is very important um, because if you don't do that, like, first of all, it'll save you a lot of time and hassle and a struggle and the heartache, like heartache uh, that comes along with the, you know, the negative aspect of it or failures and stuff like that, that will be preparing you for that. Because even if you are bound to fail, you'll have that kind of sense, uh, like, you know, um, 
you'll have that mentality where like th- things could go wrong. Like if you don't research, you're just literally going with point, point blank, like me signing up for that lease without knowing that there's COVID <laughs> um, and, you know, falling yeah, myself. Yeah, I, I think nobody would have really been able <laughs> yeah. to predict that. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't don't um, put that out on No, because like uh, they were talking about COVID and stuff like that. I had literally had no clue, like absolutely Monica, no clue. Monica, Monica, there's still happened. people in this country that still don't think it's real or that <laughs> still true. don't think it's a big deal that so, is true that is true you're okay um no I, you're you're really incredible and, and yeah, i'm just absolutely. inspired sitting here um Thank you. where where can go ahead sorry. amber i think it's really cool like as a girl to see somebody who is so like effortlessly just themselves and doing what they want and kind of going after and being so independent was that uh a negative at all like did did that get perceived negatively at all by possibly friends or family or family of friends i would say relationships yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but uh family wise like i've been living um without a family like without my parents i would say not family um since 2014 i kind of moved out with my siblings and my siblings and i lived together as a family so like i was maybe i was away from my parents but i still had my family and kind of was the boss of the family because i'm the eldest so like i was the one making rules so it was not that hard when it comes to that after 2014 at least but i there were huge disadvantage advantages to uh relationships where i think another relationship that was like three years long and you know being independent and like being out in social media community and stuff like that that kind of and being not Punjabi that hurt me where negatively where the person left and what did I do wrong nothing but you know these things worked against me in another relationship like the person really could not stand the fact that I was in public like that so Mm -hmm. like it has worked negatively against me and like when it comes to relationship aspect of it, but not anything else. Um, I think so my friends and family is funny. I feel like the, I felt like that helped you weed it out too, because if you, if you like to pursue whatever you like to pursue, and somebody finds that to be overwhelming, then they just can't handle you. I always say they might I learned that a little hard way, yeah. but I learned that. Yeah, I always say people uh, dudes want a bad bleep, but they don't want a bad bleep. Like they, <laughs> they want it, but but they don't want what comes with it. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, I want all these great aspects, but why are you so public? Why are you so social? Why Correct. are you so this? So it's like, like you whatever, can't have this stuff. Is. Whatever that that got them to be attracted towards me is what worked against me. After we're like, mm-hmm. oh no 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 no, it's not allowed <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, everything else, like my friends, have always been supportive. I think my like more than my family, my friends have helped me through it. Like you know, I have friends since high school and college, and I keep up with them like on a weekly basis. Like that's how strong it is for me, and I keep my friends and family very very close. So I think that the support system has been great as well. You went from you went from house wanting to be a housewife. To literally yes. like you know being <laughs> a boss and settle. owning your own business and all of that. Do you ever do you ever think about like reflect on your life and think you know how things would have been so much different if you had even you know had one little element change or or not uh, happen for you? I do like complain time to time. We're like, oh God, why did you choose me to go through all this struggle? But. I think like, no, I think that is what made me who I am. If I had not struggled and like worked my way around things, 
I would not be this resource resourceful and like I would not be this hardworking and stuff like that. Hardworking maybe like to a certain extent, but today where I am at and the way I've pushed myself is through all the disadvantages that I got. Like one of the biggest disadvantages that nobody knew about me was my immigration status. I turned 21, I came with my family and I got rejected from the family where I, I couldn't get my green card. So I had to go through the whole F1 route. I had to pay $16,000 a semester out of pocket um, to go to school. So it was a huge like uh, issue where nothing in my life was just like sane. Like it was not normal because like with this thing, this much tuition, um, you know, we had conflicts in our family um, uh, and it was just too much. And like the whole relationship falling apart. Like the, I have been through those points where I'm like, okay, that's it for me. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with life. But like, had I not gone through that, I would not push myself harder to become somebody to like get where I am today. So I think everything played a role, kind of. You could have been flipping rotis, but you flipped the script instead. <laughs> yes, yes, good line. Bars. I'll use that one. <laughs> Monica, where can people uh, find you and keep up with all the incredible work that you're doing? Anything um, you want to shout out or plug, go ahead, and we'll link it below. I would say Instagram, as it's my main platform. As I said earlier, um, we can just search me on Instagram with Monica Huja or at Miss Ahuja. It would work. It would show up. If not, my car tags are same. You can come look them. Look at them. Your car, like your license plate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody's gonna file a against you. I was 16. I was dumb. So let's say let, that was the decision I made at that point, and I was all about myself at that point. Um, it's also pretty baller, though. No, that's cool. Yeah. 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 I guess it was, it, I think I'm used to it now. Like first, I mean, there are times where I'm like, oh no, no, that's not me. That was just young me. But then at the same time I would be like, that's me. That's totally me. <laughs> if they see you parked somewhere, they know like pull up. That's the only problem because I've got caught lying about it. Oh, oh like you said you were somewhere else and you were. Yeah, I've gotten caught I saw a your car. Times. That wasn't my car. I saw your plates. All, yeah, all like surprises. True. If you're playing surprises where I had to park my car way far away for them to not see my car. So, it's, so there, there have been a couple cons here and there, but then mostly pros. But yeah, anybody can find me on Instagram. I think it's easier away. And then I also have my blog. I am actually a blogger with a website where I do put stuff content on. At, it's monica-ahuja.com. What kind of stuff do you put on the blog? Is it like, you know, um, sharing your personal uh, Fashion, travel, stuff okay, like that. Okay. Yeah. Anything to do with Instagram, it kind of reflects on my website. And then it kind of like, you know, cohesively kind of ties it together. <clears throat> and then because I do work with a lot of brands and I'm partnered with a lot of brands, but they expect me to create content on the site. Um, and that's kind of how it works. That's how I make revenue out of it. So I keep up with it. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. We love it. Okay, Monica, you're on Strange Flavors. We have to ask you an extremely important question at the end. Yes. Um, so be prepared. All right, Shamir, take it away. You could describe yourself in any flavor. What would it be and why? Hmm. Can I do two? <laughs> combine we it. Could, we could combine it. Combine them. So a flavor as in like a spice flavor or? It can be anything. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like one of those like sweet and sour uh, candy type of person where I have like the sweetness to it. But then at the same time, I got enough like hot sourness to myself. So I would say that. That's that's the side the relationships uh, couldn't figure out, right? <laughs> yes. We didn't see, we didn't see it today. We only saw the sweet side. <laughs> yeah. See. That's awesome. Sweet and sour. Um, Maybe the next episode is what I'm gonna show. The sour. sour side. Side. That's when you gotta come <laughs> on and do it. 
no, no, no. The sour side probably is like when she's a dance instructor. Yeah, oh. she probably comes out with a stick, like putting a you in your place. Hand, like. <laughs> yes. Are you are you aggressive when you're like telling people how to dance? No, I can't no? fight. Like I'm not aggressive at all. Okay. Like I I hate uh like arguments and stuff like that. I'm that person who would like avoid a conflict. So no. Okay, well maybe I need to come into the dance studio sometime, and then you're, you're gonna set you off. Oh damn! <laughs> well, try me. I would like to see that too. Somebody has been asking me. I've never seen your that slide, and like yeah, I figured that. Well, I think so, it would just be really difficult because I take forever to memorize something that's oh. why it's okay we got this for you that will okay, work out we'll do that well i'll stick to tiktok i'll stick to tiktok <laughs> now, oh, monica thank great, you so guys. much for uh coming on the show and again like just i was not expecting like this much inspiration but you're you're a killer and i'm a so boss. glad you were here thank Ballard. you well thank you for definitely reaching out it's been it's been fun I'm talking to three, four, I mean, I don't know if there are two there, but three amazing people. <laughs> I've seen all of your videos and I keep up with it and I think they're very, like, they're hilarious. So oh, thank fun. you. Thank you. All right, we'll have to come by the studio sometime Please so we do. can make one of those videos. There. Maybe make an episode of the studio. I'd like there to see go. that. There we go. See, we're talking. She's doing her thing. All right, Monica, thank you again. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>